0: Welcome to episode 19, Seven Degrees Uranus and Taurus, the Ancestral Well of Ruby. In this episode, we recap the Capricorn New Moon. Wow, (laughs) I'm still recovering from that one. And I share about the Sabian symbols and the star sparks and how I utilize them in my astrology. We talk about seven degrees of Uranus and Taurus, Uranus stationing direct, and other aspects of our current astrology, which leads us into the Leo full moon, which comes up on January 28th. And we also... Explore Ruby medicine and culminate with a beautiful, integrative, healing, meditative journey. This is a great episode, and I am so honored you're here. <music> Welcome to Stars, Stones, and Stories. I am your host, Rama, and together we are weaving ancient future wisdom as we birth the new earth. If you are into astrology, cosmology, living mythology, earth-based spirituality, kundalini technology, and ancestral healing, you are home. If you stumbled upon this podcast and are new to these topics, this is Sovereign Sanctuary to expand and deepen your wisdom. As a cosmic priestess, I witness many at the threshold of great transformation. I specialize in astrological divination, Sacred site activations and priestess arts for the Aquarian Age. You may learn more about my work at Ramatribe.com or follow Rama Tribe on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and support the work at Patreon.com/Rama Tribe. This Community is your opportunity to claim your story, your unique identity and power, knowing that you are the hero of your own journey. You are a hologram for the collective and you matter. The world needs your gifts and creativity now more than ever Oh, great ancient ones, great ancestors, we call to you. May you hear the voices of your descendants traversing through time and space. We humbly ask for your support, your wise medicine ways, and your genius solutions in these times. Dear ancestors, we wish to partner with you, for we know we cannot do this alone. As we traverse the mystery, we ask that you, our starry ancestors, are with us each breath of the way. May we have clarity of mind and crystalline vision to see through the dark. May we walk our paths of high holy truth, as that is what is needed now more than ever. And so it is. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so grateful you're here. And I want to welcome the many new listeners since the first episode of 2021. It was episode 18. And since then, um, there's been about 150 new listeners. We're now totaling close to 3,100 original listeners and growing. So I'm grateful that you're all here. And we now have 58 countries around the world represented. So I love just tuning in and imagining us as this beautiful web of golden light covering Mother Earth. And we're all tuning in together with this prayer to elevate our consciousness. So may we continue on this journey in a good way. Next to the United States, India still has the highest number of listeners. So shout out to all of my listeners in India. I'm really grateful you're here. Your country is beautiful. I've traveled through it and Um, Yeah, I just, I'm so feeling so blessed that you all are resonating with this podcast. Also this past week, I received notification that Stars, Stones, and Stories is ranking as number 62 in the spirituality category in Denmark, uh, number 78 in Ireland, and number 79 in the United Kingdom. So I'm humbled by each one of you for listening in, and I truly hope these episodes are a balm for you in these times. And if they are, please share them with your friends. Write a review on uh, Spotify, iTunes, Podchaser, whatever way that you listen. If you write a review, it will make the podcast be seen by other new listeners, and um, perhaps we can bump, bump it, bump the rankings up or essentially down um, in those countries. It would be really cool. I want to thank all of the donors who uh, gave generously for me to purchase a travel podcast mic. I got halfway towards my goal and so I went ahead and I just purchased the mic because, I really love crafting this podcast for you all and I want to be able to have great sound quality even when I'm on the road. So that will be arriving later today and I'm super excited to test it out and see if I can also capture some different sounds and some different places that I can weave in to some of my meditations. All of the tracks that you hear except for the music that plays at the beginning and the outro of my podcast um, are created by myself. And the ones that are in the intro and outro, I've purchased the rights to. So I'm playing around with this capturing of sound and layering and really having fun with it I've always had a deep interest in sound and sound healing, and I'm grateful that the technology is becoming that so that those of us who aren't necessarily trained in it can figure out how to do it intuitively. And with that, if any of you are sound geeks and you ever have any suggestions uh or ideas feel free to send me a message. I'm all ears and I'd love to hear your feedback or your ideas, ways to make things better. And again, that goes for anything in my podcast. I definitely see this as a collaboration, a co-creation between you as the listener and myself as the crafter and this podcast would not exist without you just like it would not exist without me. So I want to make this better. I want to make it really juicy and very appealing to all of the senses. So please share with me any ideas or suggestions you have to make things smoother and more interesting. Also recognizing that I am a one woman show and there's a lot I do in my life. And so there's only so much time I have to offer to crafting this podcast, but I do invest a lot of myself here. So please also be gentle as you offer the suggestions. I also just want to say that I've appreciated all of the amazing patrons who are supporting my Patreon page, which is Patreon, patreon.com backslash Tribe, And I wanted to say that the supporters who have been uh, investing in the $11 per month right on tier. I'm really grateful for you all. Writing my book is extremely vulnerable, even more so than putting myself out in a podcast. I've just sat with it and I need to go even deeper and more vulnerable with writing my book. And I've come to a place where I'm not really comfortable in sharing the text anymore until it's getting closer to being published. So with that said, I'm transitioning the $11 write-on tier into a ancestral healing circle, a monthly gathering online that will be recorded. So those of you who have been on the write-on tier, I'll be emailing you about this and I think that this is going to be of greater service to everyone. So if you're interested in ancestral healing, I would really encourage you to check out that tier. In my opinion, ancestral healing is a baseline for these times. So just to let you know, if you don't know about my Patreon page, for $3 a month, you can support me with a cup of tea in writing my weekly Venetian love notes and keeping up with this podcast. If you're not already signed up for my Venetian love notes, please go to my website ramatribe.com and you'll see an option to sign up or you can scroll all the way down to the welcome page and sign up there. I do send those out every Friday So my podcast only comes out every other Friday, and if you're interested in the current astrology and just staying up to date with me with different offerings, I highly recommend being on my Venetian love notes. For $5 a month through Patreon, you get access to the Lunar Rhythms. These are bi-weekly playlists that I put out around the new and the full moons, for $11 a month is the ancestral healing circle. For $22 a month is the Starwalker transmissions, which you will get a monthly forecast and a guided meditation at the beginning of every month. And for $44 a month is the interstellar supporter circle, which gives you access to everything. So I'm really grateful for all of those of you who support my craft in this way, particularly, and for those of you who listen in or support in other ways. This Aquarian Age is all about cultural renaissance, and this is truly a global movement. So I just feel super blessed that we're really reaching one another across Mother Earth. We're going to dive in with a brief recap of the Capricorn new moon, which was on Wednesday, January 13th. Uh, For those of you who live in the Pacific time zone, it was actually late Tuesday night on January 12th. And I don't know how this new moon was for you all, but I know how it was for me. And it's been really intense this whole week has been very deep, very heavy. It's almost like having a lead blanket over your body. And I personally have been going through a lot of deep layers of grief, grief that I've been working with for quite some time now, over a year, And I really thought I had moved through large segments of the grief, and it's like it all came back so fresh. And I imagine that's been true for a good number of us as the sun and moon were conjunct Pluto and Capricorn. So there is a very Plutonic feel for this new moon, and in addition, so many of the planet's are in Capricorn and Aquarius right now, which means they're all Saturn ruled. So there's also a feeling not only of doing a lot of death, preparing for rebirth and transformation, and a magnetism of truth, which truth doesn't always feel good, right? Like sometimes truth is very uncomfortable. But with so many of the planets being ruled by Saturn, there's like an acknowledgement of what is, of being very sober with the current reality. And this new moon in a lot of ways was asking us to get really truly sober about where we are with our dreams, our intentions, our visions, what's working, what's not, what is right before our eyes. And as we get real about all of this, looking ahead to what are we going to create? What are we creating not with just this lunar cycle or for the year of 2021, but this new moon opened up a whole 12-year new Saturn cycle. And in addition, in many ways, it's the first new moon since the Great Conjunction. So we could say it is Our imprint of how do we want to live in the Aquarian age. And when Pluto finishes his transit in Aquarius, which will be around 2044, Mother Earth, the way we live as humans is going to be radically different from how we're living now. 2044 feels very far away, I know, but it will be here in the blink of an eye. So we're truly on the precipice of shedding and dissolving and building anew. And we're in this year of 2021. We're just beginning the year halfway through the first month, and it's already been quite radical and With Uranus having stationed direct on Thursday, January 14th, now the motion, the forward action is going to be taking place more and more before our very eyes. So this Pluto energy calls upon each one of us for a resurrection of our greatest powers and really to dive into the mystery And we also have to acknowledge that Mercury went into Aquarius on January 8th and conjunct, married up with Saturn on January 9th and then Jupiter on January 11th. So Saturn and Jupiter were the two planets that met at the first degree of Aquarius. And Mercury as the messenger God was relaying information, bringing clarity and understanding as to what we are starting to really learn from that great conjunction. So this new moon ultimately brought in an energy that is all about spiritual practice. How do you marry the divine? How do you marry God, goddess into your life, into your inner work? Because right now, each one of us, as we commit to our inner work, we're actually able to create greater social change. It is the inner work where the gold is at this point in time. And each one of us is on a unique journey, carving out karmic arrangements that are different and really no two humans on the planet have the same journey. It's like we each have a secret assignment and these instructions are written upon us internally in the innermost parts of who we are and we know them implicitly. And so we have this opportunity to really align with that. The Capricorn new moon of any year, in my opinion, is the most important one for making intentions for the year ahead, the Gregorian year ahead. And like I said, we're starting a 12-year cycle. In addition, this is about how you want to live in the Aquarian age as a whole. We've gone through this great conjunction. This is the first new moon. So I really encourage you to make new moon intentions. It's not too late especially if you're listening to this podcast on January 15th, 16th, 17th, it's not too late. So please, if you feel called, you can craft some intentions. And these intentions are for 2021, 2022, 2026, 2033, and 2044. So go wide, go vast, cast your net Using the language, I'm easily and effortlessly finding myself, dot, dot, dot. And a major part of manifestation is to believe that you are worthy of what you're asking for. You must believe this to achieve it. And it is also essential to be offering gratitude for that which you already have and to really create a practice so that offering gratitude becomes a daily Action. And with that, that can be also a form of offerings that you're giving, gifting, which we'll talk more about in my ancestral healing circle. Um, Clarifying what you want and aligning your beliefs with that, and really living in right relationship, allowing your soul purpose to guide you to be your North Star. I want to share with you about the Sabian symbols and the star sparks. I was first introduced to the Sabian symbols, I think it was about a decade ago, and the star sparks I learned about five years ago. They're basically these sensitive points. As we look to the sky, even ancient astrologers would divide the sky into a 360-degree circle, Therefore, the 12 constellations, each zodiac had 30 degrees. Each star sign with 30 degrees carries a different, very particular energy signature that ranges from the first degree of Aries to the 30th degree of Pisces. And we could say that Each of these signatures is like its own contained mini cosmology and energy field. These symbols and star sparks can be utilized as a divinatory system all on their own. And they also offer this great breadth to astrological practice. I have played around with them in my own personal astrology and Sometimes I use them in readings with people, and um, sometimes I use them in sharing about the overarching astrology that we're facing through transits, through what is happening currently in the sky or as we're forecasting. But they haven't played a really front and center role in my astrological offerings because there's so many layers to astrology. And When you're connecting with people, you want to meet them where they are and then add to it, but you don't want to add too far so that their mind is like blown to a place where they lose comprehension. So now that we're in the Aquarian Age and we're all learning this language of astrology, which truly is the language of the Aquarian Age, I'm really being guided to share some of the deeper parts of what I use in my own personal practice of astrology with you all. And as I do that, it's like we're all growing together and this is how it's meant to be. Some people, they will use the Sabian symbols or the star sparks just on their own. Like they may not even know, okay, the moon is at 12 degrees, Cancer, they may not even pay attention to that. They might just open a book. If you have one of these beautiful books, Dane Rudyard's, uh, an astrological mandala is amazing. And that's what I utilize. And then I also have, um, Ilias Lonsdale's star sparks, which is also with Sheila Backmeyer, Um, and I like both of these now. Dane Rudyard's astrological mandala is out of print and very hard to find. So you may not be able to find it, but I was super lucky because my mom found this book and gifted it to me. And I'm so grateful to have it because before I had it, I was looking the um, Sabian symbols up online, which you can do. You can find them online online. But having the book on hand can be really nice too, especially if you're a professional astrologer, right? Like if you're just a hobbyist, um, I wouldn't stress about having these books. But as you go deeper, you might want to add them to your library. Back in 1925 in San Diego, astrologer and spiritualist Mark Edmund Jones gave birth to the Sabian symbols with this clairvoyant woman, Elsie Wheeler, who was bound to a wheelchair for most of her life and really suffered in a lot of different ways. But she, I think like through her suffering, uh, she had this incredible skill of clarity in channeling messages, images, and symbols. So her and Mark Edmund Jones worked together. They would go to a park and they together with her channel, created these Sabian symbols. And then Dane Rudyard later on reinterpreted them to emphasize their archetypal nature, which for me, being someone who works really deeply with archetypes, I love uh, Dane Rudyard's reinterpretation. And then the star sparks are based off of the Chandra symbols, which are very much just like Sabian symbols. It's like any degree of the zodiac, ranging, we could say, from five degrees Leo, 30 degrees Aquarius, right? It's that whole wheel from zero Aries to 30 Pisces. John Sandbach in Missouri in the 1980s divined the Chandra symbols, And it was Ilias Lonsdale who he studied the degree symbols of both Mark Edmund Jones and Dane Rudyard, and he wove the ancient past to the future now with his own publication based off of John Sandbach's Chandra symbols. So he kind of like upgraded them, but also was very tuned into the works of Mark Edmund Jones and Dane Rudyard. So they're very complementary, and I personally like to look at both. I I feel like the Sabian symbols and the star sparks both feed off from one another. And the reason why I'm speaking to these so in depth is because when it was uh, early December, I was looking ahead into January of 2021, and I was really guided to look at Uranus and Taurus, which we know Uranus and Taurus is such a innovator, a force of inspiration and radical change in 2021. And Uranus has been retrograde since mid-August of 2020. Just on Thursday, January 14th, Uranus stationed direct. While well, Uranus stationed direct at six degrees, 43 arc minutes Taurus and throughout the entire month, what is happening when Uranus conjuncts Mars and Taurus. I'm really interested in that because that is the inauguration day in the United States. It's going to be an important day for all of us globally, because regardless of how we feel about politics, I think we can all agree that what goes on politically in the United States very much has a global impact on the entire world. Before a few days before that, Jupiter will square Uranus and it's all happening at six degrees, 44 arc minutes Taurus. So when you're working with the Sabian symbol or the star sparks, you always round up to the next degree. So it's technically seven degrees Taurus Seven degrees Taurus, the Sabian symbol is the woman of Samaria at the ancestral well. This is the meeting of the traditional past and of the creative spirit that points to the future. The woman of Samaria, she is a woman at the fringe of society. This energy signature is all about a new order that is based on universal love and how that is replacing the old tribal orders, the old ways. This is where the highest meets the lowest. And when the lowest is free from tradition, bonds open up to love. This is about the creative future descending first to that which has become chaos. Knowing that an old order is never open to a new revelation until it has accepted disorder in the name of love. So that is a quote that comes directly from Dane Redyard. I will read it again. The highest meets the lowest when this lowest is free from tradition, bonds, and open to love. The creative future descends first to that which has become chaos. An old order is never open to a new revelation until it has accepted disorder in the name of love. So essentially, we have this new quality of being that is revealed, which renders the old patterns obsolete. And this phrase, the old patterns obsolete, brought me straight to one of my favorite quotes by Buckminster Fuller. You never change things by fighting the existing reality. To change something, build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete. So this is the energy that we are meeting in 2021, this energy of radical illumination, of innovation, of inspiration. And the star sparks for seven degrees Taurus is a large ruby inscribed with a prayer. How to find the way between navigating human and spirit. Gather a unique soul identity. Give of self completely. Take existence through the body to serve the highest in all. Use the body as your temple, your living temple. The way in is the way out. Go through the heart and ground to Mother Earth and this whole concept that the way in is the way out is so imperative this is exactly why with this capricorn new moon it was conjunct pluto it's like get sober get real because if you want to build a new if you want to build your greatest dreams into reality you have to reckon with where you are here and now you have to it's essential and earlier this week, through my social media, I shared this beautiful poem by Reverend Adrian Kahn, who came to me via Rob Bresney, who is an amazing astrologer that I've been following since I was like 16, which was a long time ago. <laughs> and I want to share it with you. You are the hidden God. Wake up in the dream. Read between the lies. To question is the answer. The front line is everywhere. There are no innocent bystanders. Truth is a three-edged sword. Practice infinite tolerance except for intolerance. Achieve strength through joy. Embrace your shadow. Change is stability creation never ends. Everything is a verb. The way in is the way out. All things connect all the time. The going is the goal. Today is the day. So Sunday, January 17th, Jupiter squares Uranus. It's at that seven degrees Taurus. And Jupiter, planet of expansion, one of the teaching guiding planets that brings prosperity, knowledge, wisdom that rules law and medicine is squaring Uranus and Taurus who has stationed direct. And so this is the beginning of this push-pull energy that we're going to be working with throughout the year. This is where are we expanding and Where do we need to come to terms with our financial markets, how we connect to Mother Earth consciousness? What are we creating in this Aquarian age? And are our values aligning? And for each one of us, the square is going to affect us differently. However, it's important to know that the astrology we're going through up until the Leo full moon is peaking in intensity from that Capricorn new moon. And there are a lot of waves that we're going through. And as I mentioned, you might circle back around to face old grief, old trauma timelines that you're like, what is going on? I thought I had resolved this. And it's just another layer that's coming up to be cleared. We're working with energy that moves in a spiral. And it's important we understand this. This is part of reclaiming the divine feminine that is so needed for all of us on earth, whether you're in a masculine body or a feminine body or a transgendered body, we're all awakening this divine feminine consciousness that is so necessary that we need to have in our leadership in the Aquarian age. And through that, the paradigms where the masculine, the wounded masculine, the toxic masculine has been really at play, and also the toxic feminine, right? Because it's a two-way street where that toxicity has been at play. We're awakening this whole new consciousness, So this Jupiter square Uranus on Sunday, January 15th opens up that first real point of tension. And then on Tuesday, January 19th, the sun goes into Aquarius. So the sun moving into Aquarius is important because eventually the sun will meet up with Jupiter and Saturn in Aquarius, Mercury in Aquarius, Pallas Athene in Aquarius. And so the sun is going to bring in that pure vitality, that purpose, that true soul alignment with what Pallas Athene opened up and then Saturn and Jupiter opened up in this gateway of the Aquarian age. So we're really building, we're building in such a sophisticated way. I hope you can see the beauty of this astrology, how it it is after the Capricorn new moon that the sun enters to mark these spaces and these places to bring a new form of illumination. And Mercury went first right mercury who is the psychopomp who travels between the realms like of course mercury could go first right because mercury walks between the worlds in a very particular way so the following day january 20th is the day when mars conjuncts uranus so mars is our will our vitality and uranus is all about disruption and shake and wake energy. And it's very radical. It's very surprise focused. So what will happen? None of us know. <laughs> no one knows. But uh, tensions might be very high. Mars and Taurus um, is can be very prone to being very stubborn and aggressive and um, can react in very unpredictable ways. And we can see also the possibility for change, great change happening on the 3D level on Earth in ways that we, we thought, oh my gosh, that's never going to happen in my lifetime. Well, Uranus and Taurus makes it so radical and it's, it's revamping Earth. So we're opening up possibilities, which is why we... Those of us who gather in this particular way want to continue to evolve, consciously evolve who we are through connecting to our lineage and to Mother Earth and to the starry wisdom of the cosmos, because we're the ones who are physically rooting and grounding these changes. We are the ones that are powerful, that have so much magical potential at our fingertips. And we have to stay focused on this while also staying rooted and grounded and sober. It's very important. Also, I just want to add in on the day that Mars and Uranus conjunct, it's also a first quarter moon, which is always a time of like tension and struggle. So that activates that. And Mercury is trying the North Node in Gemini. So that is also positive in the sense that Mercury is communicating with our collective dharma, our collective destiny. So whatever is happening, no matter how it looks, whether you're looking at it through social media or through other forms of media, ultimately it is for our greatest good. On Saturday, January 13th, Mars squares Jupiter, and Jupiter will be at 8 degrees Aquarius, and Mars roughly at 7 degrees Aquarius. And so this is after Mars has met up with Uranus and Taurus, then Mars comes to make the first square here with Jupiter, which is our instinct, our vitality, our will, squaring how we wish to expand. What directions are we growing in? And so it's a reckoning. This month of January overall has this deep sense of kind of more of the same of what we've been going through since 2020. However, After the Great Conjunction on December 21st of 2020, different planets have made particular alignments. So January is so much about distilling the integration process in a way that we can really embody it. We can understand. We can think about the work that we're meant to do here and now and how culturally and personally our instincts are drawing us towards that work. How, how can we use this astrology with Uranus and Taurus moving and shaking really old earth paradigms? And you utilize this for the greater good. Now, also on this day, Venus has a lovely sextile to Neptune. Neptune is in Pisces and Venus in Capricorn. And so there's a connection between our values and the dream. And there's a lot of gifts that we can receive as Mars squares Jupiter if we're willing to keep our values, and our dreams alive. And this is why working with this Capricorn new moon and our intentions is so important. Also, on this day, the sun aligns with Saturn at 4 degrees 20 arc minutes, Aquarius. So there's a lot of layers to this day, to the potency. And I recommend that You have some time to reflect, to journal, to absorb what is being transmitted cosmically, what you're receiving, and pay attention to the signs and the synchronicities and the greater messages at large that are trying to come through you. As we continue to build that following week the sun begins to make particular aspects. Sun is now an Aquarius. And so the sun is talking to Jupiter and Saturn and what has been experienced and Mercury. And on Monday, January 25th, there's a sextile with Chiron. So there's this opportunity to check in to that which is arising in our healing process, particularly a healing process with the divine masculine and our wounded spaces around that, where we have not been protected, where we have not protected ourselves, where we've been afraid to shine and our authenticity and who we are. And as we continue on the spiral journey to really bring our full selves, our sole purpose online more and more and more, we're shedding and we're growing and we're evolving. And as we do this, we are shedding and growing and evolving our ancestral lineage because they live through us. And the challenges that you face in your life today are very much the challenges that your ancestors faced And part of the reason why we're here now in this epic time of astrology that feels so immense is with this Uranian-Taurian energy, we really do have the ability to shift that which was previously impossible. And so on Tuesday, January 26th, the sun squares Uranus and Taurus. And we come to this place where the sun now is facing reality, facing the challenges, facing the conflicts in that which is needing to shift and evolve. And as we connect with the sun We can connect all the way back to the great cosmic central sun of all of creation, that sun which the ancient Egyptians connected with the force of Ra. We can connect with the goddess Sekhmet, daughter of Ra. However you relate to the solar frequency, as you really dive into the power and the infinite potential of the sun, you have a pure solar essence, a golden luminescent essence of absolute vitality that can overcome any obstacle. So this is a day to really recognize that the obstacles are available to be moved. However, we have to be willing to show up and to call them out and to do the work. And when I say call them out, I'm not speaking to this whole kind of call-out culture that has readily evolved in our social media landscape. I'm speaking of calling out the parts of ourselves, not in others. This is a time where we're doing our deep inner work. And it's really a time to commit to staying in our own lanes, to persevering. It's so much easier to look at what other people are doing and to judge and to give criticism and to give suggestions. However, as we go deeper into this Aquarian age, each one of us is our own guru. We are our own teacher. And only we understand the true remedies that are needed. And we build, we build with this astrology to the end of January on Thursday, January 28th. And we have this Leo full moon Thursday, January 28th at 2.16 p.m. That's Eastern Standard Time Zone. So you'll need to adjust for your time zone. But on this day, we have Venus conjuncting Pluto in Capricorn, and the sun conjuncting Jupiter in Aquarius. And so this is a culmination to bring the greater awareness, to really assist us with the cumulative reverberations we've received since the great conjunction, that which we are ready to begin to integrate and implement into our lives And this moon is ruled by the sun. So, everything I was speaking of with those solar frequencies is so strong with this moon, this full moon. There's so much possibility. And there's so much Saturn energy because. Pluto and Venus are in Capricorn, ruled by Saturn. And Saturn, Sun, Jupiter, athene and Mercury are all in Aquarius, ruled by Saturn. So there's, there's a lot of work we're still needing to do and we will continue to do. And this is why we are here. This is the call of Saturn is to teach us through limitation how to experience our own self-mastery, how to learn, how to grow, and how to evolve. Saturn helps us to know exactly where we need to focus. And the moon is at 10 degrees, Leo. And the Sabian symbol for this, it's so beautiful. Early morning dew sparkles as sunlight floods the field. So this is all about how after moving through challenging times, Perhaps even a dark night of the soul, which is an experience so many of us are currently going through here and now on earth as this dark night of the soul. Promise comes as the first dew captures the morning sun. Fresh insights are achieved with a crisp mind. New beginnings occur with the awakening energy. There is a shift in heavy emotions and ways of thinking. So it is important to let go, to allow flow, to rise up, to keep that channel open. And I have this beautiful quote to share by Martha Graham about keeping the channel open. There is a vitality, a life force, a quickening that is translated through you into action. And because there is only one of you in all time... This expression is unique. If you block it, it will never exist through any other medium. It will be lost. The world will not have it. It is not your business to determine how good it is, nor how valuable it is, nor how it compares with other expressions. It is your business to keep it yours clearly and directly, to keep the channel open. And the Star Sparks... For this Leo full moon, is a man putting olive oil all over his body. This is about physical embodiment, how self healing must come first, how each one of us must be true to ourselves. So the question is how do you care for your body temple? How do you take up the space you deserve to have in life? And how do you believe in yourself? There's some really beautiful aspects with this full moon, and I'm planning on hosting a gathering. So please stay tuned. It will most likely be an online, virtually virtual gathering. So if you're interested in joining, um, hopefully you're already receiving my Venetian love notes. So. You'll see the invitation to join there. And if not, please sign up at Ramatribe.com. As January comes to a close, we have Mercury going retrograde. So I'll speak about that in our next episode, episode 20 of Stars, Stones, and Stories. However, just know that we're already in that shadow of Mercury retrograde this Mercury retrograde in Aquarius is all about communication and the mind and our friendship circles, our social networks, our tribe, our technology, how we utilize it, science. All of this will be deeply impacted by Mercury retrograde. As Uranus and Taurus went direct on January 14th at 7 degrees, I really believe that this frequency is going to take us all the way until the next Uranus retrograde, which will be on August 20th of 2021. And so I see this time from mid-January to mid-August as very guided by ruby medicine. And I wish to share with you more about the power of stone medicine in future episodes. I mean, after all, that's why this is called stars, stones, and stories. I see such a connection between the cosmos and the minerals that are all around us and our bones that are the minerals of who we are. Um in 2020 we tapped into a bit of stone medicine. However, we haven't really gone deep together. And so this year of 2021, we're gonna start to explore stone medicine in a whole new way. And I'm so honored to be able to share with you because stones and crystals have been such a formative part of my path and my journey. And I utilize this medicine in so many different ways. And I am looking forward to sharing some of this with you and hoping to inspire you to build your connection in a deeper way with Mother Earth. So the thing about stone medicine comes from an ancient Taoist lineage. My teacher Jeffrey Yuan. He's an 88th Taoist master, and he is a Chinese medicine master. He he shares in many different capacities, and I'm very interested in uh, Chinese medicine. Yet it's not something I'm I've pursued in this incarnation. However, I do love Taoist stone medicine, and it's something I utilize in my practice and how I connect with others and in my gatherings and even in my pilgrimages. So stones have the possibility to offer permanent change, and the change that they provide is a transmutation They offer us the ability to understand our destiny and to truly repair the DNA. Stones help to elevate our consciousness. And with that, they can give new information to the DNA by affecting the RNA, by working with the process of epigenetics. Stones offer the possibility of transforming our destiny. They are a guide and a map, and we could say they can be like a north star. Stones are a very important part of the work of alchemy. And as we look at alchemy from the Taoist perspective, alchemy is when you recognize something is toxic in your life and you wish to change it. Alchemy also has a connection to immortality or longevity. However, stone medicine helps us to clear a toxin with a toxin, so to say. It is like a heroic journey, like redeeming the soul. Stone medicine is so powerful, and it is based on cultivation and ultimately initiation. So, ruby is actually seen as red sapphire, and it is a stone of nobility. Some may call ruby as thunder magic. Record Keeper. Ruby is good for heart chi. It is good for our energy of the heart portal. It heals the heart chakra. It offers endurance for the body and brings spiritual health and wisdom, knowledge, and even wealth, material wealth. The stone elevates both the neurological and the psychological health and strengthens the sensory and motor systems of the body. Ruby brings success in controversy. It encourages gentleness and kindness. When a child is in the embryonic state, Ruby helps with optimum formation of the child. It is a great protection stone as it shields and safeguards on all levels, including psychic attack. This stone works with chronic states of being that are finally shifting. So, this is when you've been working on something for a really, really, really long time and you're about to throw your hands up in the air because you're like, this is just not working. It's not going to change. And then, Ruby will help you finally shift that situation ruby is capable of changing many things that have been in the lineage for a very long time ruby is a stone for the dark night of the soul this is a stone that encourages that you follow your bliss it will light the darkness of your life giving birth to a spark of light which progresses throughout the body, mind, and spirit, conquering darkness on all levels. Ruby is also connected to Rhiannon, the beautiful queen of the Fae, a beautiful goddess. And it's so interesting because ruby is not a stone I personally have been guided to work with a lot in my life. I've worked with so many different stones, so many stones, and I've barely worked with ruby. And I was gifted a beautiful ruby necklace a long time ago and um, never wore it. And as I was packing to travel to Kemet for the great conjunction, I was guided to wear this necklace that I had to wear it on the plane ride there. And so I looked up Ruby. I actually didn't even look through my Taoist notes. If I had, I would have been like, my jaw would have been on the ground. Um, but I was about to get ready to go so I just like Googled it on my phone and you know when you Google in that way like you're popping into all these new age sites so you have to take it all with a grain of salt right but I read enough that I knew like I definitely needed to wear this ruby necklace and so it traveled with me throughout Kemet on my journey And it felt so important because going on this journey was a huge leap of faith, a huge leap of faith. I'll share more with you all as time goes on and it feels appropriate. It took so much for me to feel like I could do this, it took every ounce of my spiritual courage. Just knowing how Ruby can move the ancestral lineage when you're working with really old patterns, is so significant. And I was recently visiting my father with my daughter for her 10th birthday. My father gave me these really beautiful ruby earrings. So beautiful. It felt really interesting that they came to me upon my return from this journey. They came from my father when I've been doing such intentional work both through my mother line and my father line for a number of years now, over 20 <laughs> consciously of ancestral healing, but really kind of like with my sleeves rolled up down in the dirt for the past five years, like to, to come across This wisdom to connect in with it in a whole new way and the way Ruby is working with the seven degrees of Uranus and Taurus. And as I say, each one of us is a hologram for the collective. I'm sharing with you all my own personal experience of Ruby and how Ruby has literally just like appeared in my life. around the great conjunction, and then my father gives me a pair of earrings right before Uranus goes direct at seven degrees Taurus. And I'm sharing all of this wisdom with you about Ruby, and we're talking about the ancestral well, and how so much is shifting in this year ahead, how so much innovation is possible. I just hope that these shares inspire you, those places and spaces within your own life that feel nearly impossible. May you believe in yourself. May you know that you, if you have the dream, it is alive in you for a reason. And may you find a way to trust that and to keep going because it's not meant to be easy, but I promise you it's meant to be beautiful. As we prepare for meditation, please make sure you're able to be present here and now, taking care of any potential distractions by turning off technology and taking care of your biological needs. And if you're unable to do so, or you're driving a car, or operating some other heavy machinery, please pause here, check out the time stamp, and circle back around when you're able to be fully present. So, finding a space to lay down or sit to be comfortable, and just immediately sinking into your body and imagine you're immediately sinking in to mother earth as if you're lying on the earth directly. Your body is perfectly warm and feels so comfortable, so elegantly comfortable. And you begin to draw in long, deep conscious breaths in through the nose, and out through the nose. And as you draw the breath in, you imagine you're pulling it all the way up from the ancient, ancient roots of Mother Earth. And as you exhale, you see this breath travel from the base of the spine up through the crown of the head. And now you inhale and you imagine you draw the breath from the cosmos from the great cosmic womb of creation and as you exhale you see this breath go down from the crown of the head all the way to the base of the spine and again you inhale drawing the breath up from the ancient roots of great mother earth And as you exhale, allow that breath to travel from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. Again, inhaling, drawing the breath from the great cosmic starry wisdom all the way from the galactic center through the galactic center to the great cosmic womb of all of all of all of all of creation and as you exhale that breath goes down from the crown of the head to the base of the spine again inhaling drawing the breath up from the ancient roots of great mother earth And exhale, the breath goes from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. And again, inhaling from the vastness of the starry wisdom and exhale down to the crown of the head, to the base of the spine. And as you're noticing your spine At the base the base the root chakra you begin to see a wheel of red light and these beautiful red gold and silver threads of light coming from the base of the spine the palms of the hands the soles of your feet and beginning to travel down 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 deep down into mother earth going through The layers of sediment and soil all the way deep down into the very core the crystalline core where Great Grandmother Hematite sits this beautiful lineage stone that connects us to the seven generations who have come before and the seven generations yet to come Great Grandmother Hematite anchors you she protects you she feels you, she fills you up and nourishes you. And you continue to breathe. As you're breathing, you begin to look deeply into your mind's eye, into the space between your two eyes, the center of the eyebrows where the third eye meets and you begin to see light traveling, yourself traveling through the stars, through time and space. You see flashes, flashes of people, beings, Perhaps you, perhaps your ancestors, your blood ancestors, your soul ancestors, your star ancestors. You see the recognition and the knowingness as you move through time and space. And you yourself begin to feel as if you're flying on the back of a very large winged creature, perhaps a very large owl, a dragon, or some other being that you don't even know how to name. And you trust this process, you know that this being is a guardian for you and you enjoy this journey through the stars. And as you're flying, you begin to notice that these stars begin to shine in this most beautiful pink, red, orange way. And you notice that they are actually crystals of ruby. And you're flying through many different realms. And as you fly, you receive so much information, inspiration that begins to shed blockages that have restrained you from your path. It is a if These stones and moving through this time and space is literally rebirthing you here and now. And you continue to enjoy this journey and the creature that you're flying upon is now headed towards this most beautiful blue green planet, your home planet, one of your home planets, Terra Gaia, and you begin to make the descent down. And as you come down, you come and land very gently. In a scene, perhaps desert or mountain. It matters not. To trust what your mind's eye sees. And you begin to walk. And you feel you feel so incredibly thirsty. And you're wishing so much for a drink of water. Just something, something to quench your thirst, to quench this longing, this need, this desire. And you find yourself coming towards a beautiful young woman who is seated by a well. She is the keeper of the sacred well. And you're so happy to see her and she's happy to see you. In fact, she gives you this look like she knows you. She knows you so well. And you come up to the well and you ask her for a drink. Of water and she has her bucket that she begins to lower down deep down into the well it seems like it's going down and down and you look over the edge and all you see is darkness and vastness such deep deep darkness It seems as if eternity passes, but eventually you can tell by her expression that the bucket has reached the water and now she's bringing the bucket back up. And you begin to notice the most exquisite, golden chalice, luminescent, that is waiting to be filled with this water and slowly yet surely the bucket comes up and she pours so elegantly so gracefully the water into the chalice she brings the chalice to her heart she pauses she whispers a prayer into the water and she passes you the chalice and she looks deep into your eyes and as she looks deep into your eyes you're reminded of those starry ruby crystals in your journey flying through the cosmos and you receive the chalice and you look into the water and it is as if the entire story of all of your lineages lies in this water the codes of time and space The codes of right living and elegance and beauty the codes of divinity and all that is and all that ever will be and you're feeling such a strong vibration running through your entire being you're not even sure if you can lift this chalice up to your lips beautiful tears of gratitude begin to gently roll from the corners of your eyes down your cheeks past your throat to your heart center and as you offer this gratitude you begin to lift this chalice to your lips and you take the most slow yet very long, absorbing sips of this precious holy water. And as you're drinking and you look into the chalice once more, you begin to notice there's something very large and red in it. And you drink more and more until you see what is there. It's the most beautiful ruby crystal you have ever laid your eyes upon. And you look at the woman and she gazes into your eyes and she smiles. And she says this. This is from all of us. Thank you. Thank you for being here now. Thank you for serving us. We love you. We are so proud of you. And we want you to remember this. And she guides you to take this crystal and place it at your heart and you begin to hear her voice moving through your consciousness as she tells you how important the stone is in your next phase of your journey here on earth that through the stone you are able to receive the entire spectrum of light codes necessary for humanity's evolution at this time in the Aquarian Age. She instructs you on how the stone will allow you to directly transmit to any other person on the planet or off the planet to any specific area of earth or the multiverse, allowing for a gentle and loving transmission of energy to go to any specified location or being at any time. She guides you on how this stone will assist you with your next phase of lessons in astral travel and connecting even deeper with your spirit guides. She begins to sing over your entire body and you feel every cell of your body reverberating as you receive the codes from this holy holy well the codes that activate the highest prayer the living prayer so that the old patterns the old paradigms that no longer serve have become obsolete You have everything you need, and you know it. And as she sings, and as the stone sits at your heart, you begin to feel as if you're in the most beautiful little boat bobbing along the ocean, being rocked gently, gently, gently by the great healing waters of all of creation. Being completely rebirthed and renewed, fully resilient and fully alive more than ever before. And so you allow yourself to experience these sensations. You allow your body to receive through your cells, through your chakras, through the bones, the stones of who you are, you allow yourself to receive the ancient primordial wisdom that is always there and always available here and now. And you feel such beautiful waves of relaxation moving through you, eliminating tension and fears and worries and concerns. And as you begin to inhale deeply, you're drawing that breath all the way up from Great Mother Earth. And exhale, it begins to move up through your spine to the crown of your head. And you inhale from the Great Starry Wisdom and exhale, bring that breath down through the crown of the head to the soles of the feet. And again, inhale. Drawing the breath up from Great Mother Earth, Terra Gaia. Exhale, it goes up from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. Inhale. From the great cosmic womb of all of creation down through the crown of the head to the base chakras, you exhale. And again, inhale from Great Mother Earth as you exhale through your vertebrae all the way up to the crown. And again, inhale from the great stars, exhaling down, fully activating your kundalini and sitting at the chamber of your heart, the portal, your time travel device with this beautiful ruby crystal that has now merged and become one with you at the center of your heart, and you absorb this elegance, blessed be. May Isis heal me as she healed her son Horus of all the pains which were brought on him. Thou great enchantress, heal me. Save me from all evil, things of darkness, from the epidemic and deadly diseases and infections of all sorts that spring upon me, as thou hast saved and freed Horus. Free me from all possible evil, hurtful things of darkness, from epidemic and deadly fevers of all kinds. And so it is. for sharing sacred space. My prayer is that we awaken to the reality that we are a hologram for the collective. By being fierce in our authentic truth, we have the opportunity to elevate life on this exquisite planet Earth. Crystallize your medicine.